Welcome to Career Beats, 20-minute talks to navigate the new career development paradigm. Hosted by Carmen González, coach and career advisor at ESADE Careers. Hi, listeners. I'm Carmen González, Associate Director of ESADE Careers, coach and passionate about unlocking talent. I'm so pleased to be here with you today. Are you tired of spending countless hours on an unproductive job search? Have you applied to numerous job postings with no success? Would you like to get a step-by-step -step guide to increase your chances of getting an interview? Look no farther. In today's episode, we are going to talk about the two-hour job search, a science-based process that splits the job search into manageable pieces to help you conduct the best job search possible. And for such an important topic, we are honored to have the author himself with us today, Steve Dalton. We are thrilled since the two-hour job search is like the Bible for job seekers. Steve Dalton is a career coach by heart, currently CEO and fund founder of Contact to Colleague, a corporate training firm that provides lectures and workshops to companies to help their employees build better professional relationships. Until very recently, and for more than 17 years, he was Program Director for Career Services at the Fukua School of Business. And prior to entering Career Services, Dalton was an Associate Marketing Manager at General Mills and a Strategy Consultant at Kearney, so he has an outstanding background that makes him an authority in his field. He published The Two-Hour Job Search in 2012 as his first book and his concepts have been taught at over 100 universities worldwide since then, including Isare, of course. Steve published a second book in 2021, The Job Closer, which includes tips for all the steps of the job search process. Wow, Steve, your contribution to the world of career development is huge. We are so excited to have you with us today. Welcome to the show. I'm delighted to be here. Thank you for having me. Yeah, no, we are very, very happy to have you with us today. So let's start from the beginning. What was the reason behind creating the two-hour job search? The two-hour job search was a, a cry for help. Uh, I was an <laughs> MBA who did, uh, I got my own MBA from, from Fuqua. I did everything my career centers in undergraduate and graduate school taught me, but I was still somehow unprepared for the rest of my life. Uh, <laughs> I Once the interviews that were provided by the career center no longer existed. And I had to find my own interviews. I had no idea what to do. It's like I studied for a test, but didn't really learn the material. And it took me years to figure out what had happened. What happened was I was taught to job search in the form of tips. And I'm a chemical engineer at heart. I yeah. like <laughs> instructions. I like orders of operations that are replicable. And nothing like that existed for the job search. I, I looked at other books on the topic and really nobody had taken an instructions-based approach to the job search. I figured I was as qualified as anyone to try. Uh, it took me several years of being a career coach to have that insight and then several years to create a process that turns that squishy middle of the job search, the, the networking to get an interview or how do you get that first interview into a replicable set of instructions. So that's what makes the two-hour job search necessary for a lot of job seekers like me who just prefer to follow instructions rather than to try to curate tips. Um, to 
create that first interview because online job postings are so ineffective and unpredictable. Yeah. So as an engineer, you created a process to make things easier. Absolutely. So um, basically the, um, the two-hour job search is a process to, you know, uh, make different steps to make your job search more uh, efficient and realistic. Uh, as I said in the introduction, to make it uh, into manageable pieces. Uh, each piece, you know, uh, takes about 15 minutes. So it's about being time efficient, especially for, you know, students, uh, and especially MBA students who are uh, really busy with their academics and have not enough time to spend on their, on their job search to have this process that makes things more efficient. And, they, you know, it's a realistic process in, in terms of time as well. But let me ask you something, because we typically advise students that they should put quite a lot of time aside to dedicate to their job search. But your book is basically a guide to spend less time on the job search. What's the secret? Tell us a little bit about that. Uh, the, the secret is quite simply the Pareto principle, better known as the 80-20 rule. In most systems, you get 80% of your results and just 20% of the time and effort. Yeah. The key is knowing what the correct 20% is. And there's a widespread misunderstanding among untrained job seekers that that 20% that yields 80% of your results is applying to online job postings. There was a time way back when online job postings were first invented where that was true, but it hasn't been that way for about 20 years now. And as you get more expensive to employ, online job, job postings become less and less effective and efficient. So absolutely, there is time that needs to be spent and more time than people think, but it needs to be applied to the right tasks in the right order, rather than on the tasks that are familiar or seem like the most direct route between point A and point B, not having a job and having a job. Uh, so efficiency applied to the right tasks is is really the key of making this process, but I, I like to call it a recipe because it's been, yeah. it's predictable. You, I've prepared it tens of thousands of times over the last decade plus. Uh, so it's replicable. You can follow the same steps in the same order and get predictable results. It's not a hundred percent success rate for every step of the process. Some steps are only about 10 to 20% effective, but sometimes 10 to 20% effective is the most efficient route that you can take for a particularly yeah. difficult operation, like getting a stranger to engage with you and tell you about how they got so good at their job. Yeah, no, absolutely. That's uh, really interesting because definitely it's about being efficient and also being strategic about, you know, the, the variables that you're tackling when you're uh, facing the job search process. And I love your system or your recipe because it's about using data um, to predict the job search success, right? And really figuring out if you're on the right track towards, uh, towards the process. So the central strategy on your book um, is for job seekers to create a LAMP list to make their search more efficient, as we were saying. Can you describe the LAMP list for us and how to use this technique uh, effectively? Absolutely. I'm, I'm a former strategy consultant, so I love my acronyms. I can LAMP tell. <laughs> is an acronym, of course. Um, it, for the four columns that are present in any effective company or uh, target employer list. So LAMP stands for, the L is for list of employers, A is for advocacy or for most people, alumni, 
M is for motivation and P is for postings. The key insight of the LAMP list, there, there are two core business concepts that LAMP embraces to make an effective strategic employer list something that can be done in only a, in just about an hour. Yeah. So this isn't a document that you're always updating. It's not uh, a source of pain. It's a source of relief. So we've already talked about the 80-20 rule. That one is essential to making this happen. Yeah. When untrained people try to make an employer list, they tend to stop way short of the amount of target employers they need. If They tend to go with the, the first three to five that come to mind, which tend to be yeah. the biggest names in a particular space. And those tend to be the ones that attract the most competition. So to diversify our efforts, we want to brainstorm a large list of potential employers and then use data rather than intuition to put them into an order of attack because not all of them are equally appealing, nor are they giving as many equal numbers of indications that time spent pursuing them is a good idea. So the 80-20 rule, we're going to trade perfection for speed rather than seeking a perfect list of perfect employers, which doesn't really exist. We're going to find a good enough list of many employers quickly. So trade perfection for speed. So the first step yeah, of it I is that. brainstorm uh, more employers than you think you need, just to get yourself beyond the availability bias of these are the first employers that come to mind when I decide I want to be a marketer or a strategy consultant. Once you've gotten through, so L is for the list of employers. That is the first step. It's essentially drawing the borders of your picture. And A, M, and P are three pieces of data that you are uh, using to, that are predictive of success and easy to find. So A is for the presence of alumni in most cases. It could be also be advocacy, but for simplicity, we'll just uh, call it alumni for right now. We use that as a proxy of a, an employer's uh, willingness to bring someone like us on and their willingness to pass enough to get us to work there. Uh, M is for motivation. Perfect information would be which of these companies will uh, will you be most dedicated in pursuing. But what motivation represents is your pain tolerance for reaching out to people at employers when only 10 to 20% of them might respond to you. Your willingness to face down getting ignored by people at companies you want to work for, but to keep trying new people is what drives the process forward. So we capture that motivation there. And P is a proxy for urgency. So if a company is, uh, P is for posting, it, it, we look up online job postings at our desired companies, and we rate them in terms of how time sensitive is finding an advocate at each of these companies. If they're advertising a perfectly relevant job, we're looking for an internship and they've got an internship. Uh, then that's a more time sensitive opportunity. We'll prioritize that one over one that's not doing any online advertising of jobs at all figuring they're not getting hearing from as many job seekers at the same age and stage in their career. So we have a little more time to pursue those companies versus the ones that are likely getting bombarded with CVs right now. So the yeah. two business concepts are that 80-20 rule. If we don't recognize an employer, but they look like they might be doing the kind of work we want to do, we'll err on the side of including them in our list. The goal is 40 employers in 40 minutes. And then we'll, the second concept that we'll use is this assembly line concept, uh, a classic in business terms. Rather than coming up with three pieces of data for each company one at a time, we will come up with one piece of data for all 40 or more of our companies in rapid succession so we can do it efficiently. That's how we get this done in 70 minutes. And once we're done creating that, we'll have a top six that we will approach simultaneously 
in the second step of this process, which is outreach. That's great. I love your recipe because it includes very clear steps. So just to summarize, list, alumni, motivation, and postings. Those are the four main variables to take into account, right? And basically, three main steps. One, create a target employer list. Two, identify contacts at those target companies. And three, connect with advocates. Absolutely. And LAMP is the centerpiece of that first step. That's great. Um, so the LAMP list plays a lot of importance on A, whether your target companies have real openings, and B, networking. Can you elaborate a bit more on this specifically? Absolutely. So I, a lot of people focus on the existence of openings in the form of online job postings to the exclusion of all other data points. And so what LAMP does is it tempers that bias towards employers that ha are advertising openings. The, the great thing about employers advertising openings is you know that at least recently they had an opening. The downside is everybody else now knows about that opening too. So there's a ton of competition. So we need to balance that urgency element with other elements that are equally predictive of success in one's job search. So motivation being the most important of all, uh, yeah. especially at a company getting a lot of attention, it will be harder for individuals at that company to give you time to do net to network with so that you can ask them what really motivates them in their work, what, what makes someone a good fit for their company, what's made them a good fit up until this point at their own company. Um, so openings is one data point out of the three that I find highly predictive, A, M, and P, alumni motivation and postings. It's not the only data point, but a lot of people treat the job search as if that is the only data point that matters, and that will create a very frustrating, very exhausting, very inefficient job search. So um, that's the role of openings. Um, once you get the data in front of you and you see that there are certain companies you like better, but those companies may not have as, as relevant po uh, posting, you can evaluate that. Do I want to pursue the company I like better, but isn't advertising the perfect posting? Yeah. Do I want to spend my finite amount of time on, uh, uh, and pain tolerance for reaching out to strangers on a company I like better, but with a, a less available or less relevant position that they're advertising? Or do I want to pursue a company I don't like as much, but that has a relevant job posting? That's a trade-off that only each individual job seeker can make. And that's the only one you could really make once you have the data in front of you. So that's what the that's the kind of decision the LAMP list helps you make in very, very crystal clear terms. Yeah. Uh, the element of networking inherent in the LAMP list is that once you identify your top six, your work is is just beginning. It's a little, it's an hour of due diligence before you spend dozens of hours reaching out to strangers, asking them how they got so good at their jobs, what they've learned, what advice they would pass down to someone seeking to follow in their footsteps. It would be uh, malpractice to do that networking before thinking who are the best targets to approach and how should I approach them strategically because I only have a finite amount of time given I have a heavy academic course load, I have social activities, I have relationships I need to maintain. Yeah. Uh, so the element of networking, if you were to network with all 40 of these companies, you would go insane. You wouldn't have time Absolutely. for anything else. <laughs> uh, so let's brainstorm 40 and use data to see what the data thinks our top six should be. And then let's use our own intuition to overrule that data 
so we can get a top six that we're excited to go reach out to and speak uh, and speak with. So the networking, the, the lamp list helps you set up your networking. These are the conversations that are going to help you sustain your energy for reaching out to strangers, even when most strangers will not get back to you or not get back to you quickly, which can be very demotivating. So it's critical that you start with highly motivating employers. The lamp list helps you identify that, but it really is to set up your networking. The networking is the, the entree of your job search. It is not the garnish. It is not the, the, a lot of people treat the job posting itself as if it were the entree and it is not, it, it absolutely, you have to pick companies where you are excited about learning. If you focus on learning, you will get job leads, but if you focus on job leads, you will get neither. And so many people get that equation backwards where they start with job leads. They, you feel like you can learn whatever you need in order to get the job. But companies have plenty of people who present that to them and they really don't like training people. They want people who are obviously learning from the conversations they're having with employers. So it's critical that you target employers that you genuinely want to learn from and where you synthesize information from conversation to conversation. Absolutely. That's amazing. I think that focus on learning is absolutely key. And I guess as a candidate, your goal is not to select a thousand companies and send your CV to all of them. Really, your goal is to find specific companies and the right people to connect with for key information that is going to help you to be better prepared for your applications and interviews. So definitely the focus is on learning. I I love that. Okay, so now I'll share three questions that have been chosen by our audience so you can give us a short and practical answer. First question, what's the main mistake to avoid when facing the job search process? Absolutely, the main mistake to avoid is an over-reliance on online job postings. Uh, An over-reliance on job postings, if this were the year 2000, that would work. Uh, Job postings worked back then, but it's been 20 years since the job search has worked in that fashion, yet people are very slow to give that up. Treat the job search as if it is a brand new board game that very few people have bothered to pick up and learn. But your ability to get jobs depends on learning that game quickly. And that game isn't too hard. It's just scary because reaching out to strangers to ask for their gift of their time and knowledge is not a course you are taking. It's not something you're formally trained to do. You can't feel bad about it. It's like picking up a violin and being upset. You don't know how to play it the first time you pick it up. It's a learned skill. You can learn it quickly, but it does require some rigor and ability and willingness to think a different way. Second question, what's your top advice on how to efficiently serve online job postings? Recognize that, uh, first up, recognize they're a trap for so many job seekers. They are quicksand. Let bad job seekers get distracted by endlessly surfing online job postings. My guidance on job postings is use them for meta information. Meta information is information about information. So that, that, that phrase meta, it is to use online job postings correctly, you use them to identify which companies have a need in in an urgent fashion. The correct next step is not to hurry up and apply to that job posting. It's hurry up and reach out to someone at that company if that company is one that you genuinely want to learn from and engage with. When you have a top six from your lamp list, you'll know, okay, compared to this top six, is this company that I just found a job posting with equally as appealing? Is it more appealing? 
if either of those two, now you have a top seven, that's great. If not, though, your finite time for networking and uh, building relationships should be focused on those six. And when you have downtime waiting to hear back from people that you reached out to, you can apply to whatever you want, but nothing should slow down your networking with your top six. So the best way to efficiently surf job postings is use them for meta information. Use that to identify a company as being urgent if they are of high motivation to you right now, recognizing that they are being inundated by similar job seekers following a similar posting first strategy. So cutting through that competition is going to be very difficult. The best approach is to get an advocate within the organization, but you will only have a finite amount of time to do that with. So 12 out of 13 uh, jobs go to people who have an internal referral, according to a study by Brown, Cetron, and Topa. Only one out of 13 jobs goes to someone who applies through an online job posting without an advocate. So know that when you're applying and you don't have an advocate, you're aiming for that one out of 13 jobs. Uh, It's better to aim for the 12 out of 13 jobs. I think any business student would agree on that. Absolutely. I love that advice and linked to that. uh, Can you tell us what's your top advice on how to reach out to contacts at your dream workplace and when to follow up? I I have many sub recipes for that. Uh, So I'll give you the short answer of that. Uh, Be strategic, be efficient, be systematic. Systematic is the key word. Uh, There's a concept called temporal construal theory. We make better decisions in advance of a decision point than we do in the heat of the moment of making a decision. So you are thinking more clearly about how to reach out and when to follow up before you send the email, rather than after you've been waiting for a response to that email for five days, 10 days without a response. So I give a very specific recipe uh, for writing that email. It's called the six-point email. I give a very specific recipe for following up on that email called 3B7. I think there are videos on uh, 3B7 at least available on YouTube if you want to take a look at that. But the concept is the six-point email is a a highly efficient way to ask for a favor uh, using social norms for the gift of someone's time and knowledge. Uh, social norms are highly effective. Dan Ariely's done some great research. Predictably Irrational is a wonderful book that you should check out. Uh, but his research showed that if you, you ask for a favor, you are going to be very, very effective uh, to, to match the efficacy of asking for a favor. You would have to offer a pretty significant financial um, incentive or a compensation to just break even with not offering anything and just asking for a favor. So the six-point email is about asking for a favor as efficiently as possible. And 3B7 is about setting reminders to follow up in your email at the moment you send the email, not after you've been ignored uh, for five or 10 days, because you're not thinking as clearly after you've been ignored than when you, at the moment you send the email in the first place. No, I love that. Uh, It's very practical and I love uh, thinking ahead uh, rather than reacting after something has happened. So I I love all your advice, very practical. And now as final words of wisdom, if you were to give only one piece of career advice to our students, what would it be related to job search strategy or in general? Oh gosh, that's a great question. (laughs) I think 
so much of what I write in the two-hour job search and the job closer is instructions. They are the most efficient slash least bad approach to any operation that you need to complete in the job search. But we are humans doing job searches at the end of the day. And we need to take care of ourselves because the returns are very stochastic, even in something as efficient as the two-hour job search and the job closer. Uh, so my one piece of advice would be retrain your network. Your family, your loved ones have not been trained to do an efficient job search. So they may give you bad advice or they may encourage behaviors that are not effective or efficient. So the most common way that people want to please their support network to let them know that you're trying because the returns are so unpredictable. The most common ways we quantify that is through the number of hours we spend job searching and the number of applications we submit online. Unfortunately, neither of those two things correlate with success in the job search. You can spend lots of time poorly job searching and yeah. a lot of people do by endlessly applying. And again, that, that Brown, Cetron, and Topa study, 12 out of 13 jobs are going to someone who has an internal referral. Only one out of 13 is going to the online applicant. So retrain your network. I find that the two predictors of success in the job search that do correlate with success are the number of networking emails sent and the number of informational meetings completed. Those two things aggregate over time. So if one person ignores you, okay, we move on to a second person. But if somebody speaks with you, that person will be your eyes and ears for the rest of your job search. Your odds will steadily improve over time. But that's not something that your network will casually know to uh, affirm or incentivize or, or uh, support. So let them know, I'm actually, I'm taking a more advocacy-based approach. It's the most effective and efficient approach to a job search that is sustainable over time. Plus I learned things along the way. So just know like, please incentive and incentivize, please encourage the number of outreach emails I sent and the number of, of meetings that I have to learn from smart people doing the job that I want rather than the number of hours I spend or the number of applications I submit. Just five minutes of retraining your network on a modern job search. They'll appreciate it. They'll learn something. They may be in job searches themselves in the future. So you're spreading a very healthy message that is sustainable and keeps your uh, helps them maintain their wellness, but it will help you in turn maintain your wellness when you're not incentivized or encouraged to do the wrong actions. Focus on the actions that pred predictably improve your odds over time, namely sending out meetings to chat with smart professionals in your desired field and having those chats. Oh, that's uh, amazing advice. So Let's say the headline is that the modern uh, job search process is based on networking emails and uh, informational meetings. Those are the two variables that predict success over time. And definitely this is what, uh, you know, what we are going to keep insisting on with our students so they are successful in their job search. So thank you so much for that advice. And I'm sure that our students will be eager to find out more about you. So where can they find you? Uh, I'm very present on LinkedIn. You can just look me up as Steve Dalton, uh, founder and CEO of Contact a Colleague. I have a very active LinkedIn group for my books where I answer questions from users and coaches. It's called the two-hour job search and the job closer Q&A forum. Uh, so please join the discussion there, even if you just want to see what other people are talking about. 
Uh, I'm on Twitter and on Instagram at Dalton underscore Steve. So uh, join me there as well. And you can always learn more about my books uh, at the twohourjobsearch.com and thejobcloser.com. Wow, Steve, thank you so much for being with us today. All the tips that you just shared about job search have been extremely useful and above all very practical. I'm sure, I'm sure our students have a much better idea now about how to be effective in their job search and focus on the variables that matter the most. So thank you. It's been fantastic. It's been my pleasure. Thank you for having me. Thank you for being with us. And Career Beats goes on next month. In our next episode, we'll talk to Lisena Nanu, a SARE alumni from our MBA class 2019, currently working as a senior sales manager at Amazon Munich. Lisena will share with us top tips on how to prepare for an interview with Amazon. Are you interested to apply to Amazon and would like to know the best tips to prepare for their interviews? Do not miss our next episode then. Looking forward to seeing you in our next episode of Career Beats. Keep your career beating. Tune in on Spotify, Google Podcasts, and Apple Podcasts for a monthly dose of career stories, advice, and trends. Thank you.